Great to see all of you. Last Sunday, I was in a church that was in a warehouse, and it was a little bit like this. It was really close for everyone. I'm glad, you know, we're so used to being in the big auditorium. This is kind of special, okay? Yeah? You can actually, you can actually touch the person next to you. Maybe that's not the best in this post-pandemic time, so let's be careful. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of intimate, and we won't stay here forever, but it's sweet right now. Can I just encourage you right now? It was spoken earlier by a member of the team. Quaco said this. Let's lean in today. Let's lean in around God's word. Uh, I've been excited to watch the last few weeks while I've been away, just the spirit of the house through the video and through listening to the messages. You know, if you're not keeping up with what God's speaking from this platform, go on to the podcast and start to catch up and, uh, and to hear how God's speaking because it's an amazing thing. Your speakers, especially when we have a guest like the amazing Luke Brendling last week. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah, I didn't actually want to do today because I have to come up to him now. No, but... but uh, even when you have a guest like that, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit weaves together themes that connect to each other, even if we're not comparing notes. And that is the Spirit of God, and it's a miracle. It's a miracle in the same way that when you begin to trust, like Claudia talked about with the giving, you, have to, you, you don't see the result. You have to start to step in and obey and do it, and then things start to happen. That's just the way God works. And I'm excited to announce today, in two weeks from today, the 23rd of October, we're going to be releasing my new book that I've been working on over the last year called Make Yourself at Home. Now, I've spoken around this theme before. There it is. Yeah, that looks like my, my front desk there. But uh, I've, been, I've, I've spoken around this theme before, but it's a timely conversation, this book, that I'm going to have the next three weeks. We're going to talk a little bit today around it. But it's, it's timely in that we're living in a, a very unusual time. There's never been anything quite like this in modern history where we are coming out of a global pandemic combined with the supply shortages, the economic changes, people not going back to work, more and more people working from home and wanting to stay home now that they've gotten used to it. So there's all, and then there's the whole digital thing where more and more of us are constantly using our digital devices. In fact, Andrew and Elena have just released a project called Cyberpunk. That's real, isn't it cool? Uh, it, it, but it's all speaking into this dehumanizing of digital devices, which are so beneficial. I'm using one right now to look from time to time at my notes. It's right there. I don't have paper. But when it moves into a time of just completely dominating us, it, re it removes us from what we were made for, for our humanity and for our connection to each other. And I want to explore that a little bit with you so that you grasp some things that are out of Scripture that can help us navigate living at home wherever home is. Because, see, this church, most of you aren't from here. In fact, most of you, if I were to have you raise your hand, would say, I'm not a Berliner. There are some of you. 
You're a rare species. Now, we actually have quite a few from here. But the fact is that the city of Berlin and the cities of the world, some of you may come from one of those cities, more and more are made up of people from everywhere. And, and it's really interesting about Berlin because Berlin was supposed to be several generations ago just for Germans. <laughs> and now it's got over 190 different countries living here. Does God have a sense of humor? And it's a welcoming place. I've talked to some of you about this, that you found your place here. So we want to speak into this topic of living at home, no matter how long you're here, whatever the visa says, how do I live planted and at home in myself and in my surroundings, even if the time that I'm going to be here may not be that long? And so I want to look at that. And, and the first obvious question that comes up is, well, what you've just described, Steve, is, is true. We're living right now in an unsettled time. I was talking to a neighbor just the other day, and she was talking about just the danger and how Berlin is becoming more dangerous. And from her perception, people are not as kind, and, and people are feeling this shadow over them where we've got uh, international leaders threatening nuclear war, and there's uncertainty about being able to pay our heating bills coming this next winter here. And, and uh, the supply chain, we can't find the things we need in the store, and, and the list goes on and on. Financial st instability, uh, um, the, the pandemic and all the loss that came with that. So many people have had friends and family members that are no longer here. And the list goes on and on. And it brings us to the question, how in the world do we ever feel at home in a place like this, in that kind of environment? And if you're asking that, it's not wrong. Even for the church, we say, oh, but we're Christians. We're supposed to be able to take everything. No, no, no. Having a sense of the shadow that's just cast over the world, the injustice, the, the, the difficulties and the trafficking and all of the terrible things that we read about in the news every day, it will affect you. And that's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of our humanity. Because here's the truth. Listen carefully. You and I were never created to live in this world the way it is. Come on. We were never created to live in a world where there's racism and where there's crushing people and using authority and power in wrong ways to, to lift myself up and to push you down and all of the negativity and the, and the forces that want to come against you and, and destroy your family and your children and tear them apart and all of the things that we could sit here all day and talk about, we are fish out of water in this world. And whenever we have questions, we look to the Scripture, Holy Scripture. And there, in the first few chapters, at the very beginning, we learn that God created our parents. But he created them in a very different environment. Yes, it was in this world, but it was perfect. They were at unity with each other, man and wife. They were at unity with nature, they, they were in charge of the, the nature. Uh, humanity's not done a very good job, have they? Yeah. But most importantly, they were at unity with their creator. 
They walked with him. They talked with him. They were his son and daughter, and there was no division. There were no secrets. There were no shadows. There was perfection in every way. And as I describe it to you as you're listening, it's almost beyond our ability to imagine ever living in a world like that. But humanity, our first parents, were created in the image of God, including having a free will, the ability to choose good and evil. And humanity, in the very beginning, rejected the relationship, the environment that was perfect, and decided we want to be our own gods. We're missing out. And they walked away from that perfection. And every generation of humanity up until this very moment has chosen to do the same thing. And so we are separated from that perfect perfection, that relationship, that face-to-face relationship with God. And we try to make up for it in the world we live in through morality. I, I try to be a good person. I try to give some things at Christmas. I, I try to donate to the poor. Um, I, I, I do my best. But honestly, it's not enough. It's not enough for all, all of us to just try to do well. Do you ever notice you do well for a while and then, boy, it doesn't work out? Because trying to do good will never be good enough. And it's the same thing when it comes to money and success. Some of us try to fill that hole, that dissatisfaction in our souls with with drugs or with uh, alcohol or with sex or with anything that that we think will help us feel happy, and especially uh, power and money. And the well-known actor and comedian Jim Carrey said this. It'll be on screen. I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything. Yeah, I got your attention, didn't I? I just spoke a little fairy dust onto my words there. Do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. See, I've been been to Hollywood. I didn't get into acting school, but I've been there. I didn't take the bus tour. But I've been in that environment where it's all of these mansions and celebrities, and it's one of the most unhappy places on earth. The more people have, the more they want. The more you own, the more it owns you. And Jim Carrey is speaking truth. Some of us would go, yeah, but I would love to have some money and success and just try it out. God, I'd be different. (laughs) Am I the only one that ever prayed that? Come on, I'm being real here. But then there's also, if you go into any culture where some of you are from, there are temples. There are places we go to worship, and sometimes it involves our ancestors. Sometimes it just involves some kind of sacrifice. But but there's all of these religions in the world, and all of them are an attempt to reconnect to what we were made for. And even Christianity can just be, listen carefully, Christianity can become just coming here, singing a few songs, giving an offering and going out and just living life like I was never there. 
But that's not the church. We cannot be satisfied with anything but what the first parents, our first parents, had. And the truth is, Scripture says, again, this is where we look, the only way forward is to be honest about ourselves. Scripture says that we are all lost. Spiritually, we are separated from God's perfection. In fact, Scripture says all fall short of his glorious standard, his perfection and his holiness. And it is what we were made for to experience and to live out and to be face-to-face with him. And so Jesus said, or no, the scripture says rather, that all of us are like sheep that have gone astray. Now that doesn't sound like a very encouraging message. But the fact is, I love the next part, the good news. The best news you will ever hear in your life, again and again and again, is what I'm about to say. When we come to that point of realizing that we can't fix this, that the world we live in is broken because I'm broken. The reason the world is a mess is because there's a mess in us. But when we get real with ourselves and we are honest and say, that's me, I can't fix this. I've got a PhD. I just earned my first million. My company's doing well, but I know that's not enough. That doesn't reconnect me to what's missing. And when you add that to every single one of us in the room, every single person in Berlin, every single person in Europe, and every nation across the earth, now we understand why the world is the way it is. But the good news is Jesus. Hallelujah. God sent Jesus, the one and only son, into the world. He was born to a human mother, and so he was fully human in every way that we are. He was a man just as much as any of us who are men in this room or women. He was totally human, but also completely divine, coming from heaven itself. He's the only human being who's ever walked on this earth who both came down from heaven and then went back up again. And God did not send Jesus 2,000 years ago to be a good example for us. He is. He didn't send Jesus into the world to speak some good things that we can learn from. No, the scripture says, even in the announcement that we celebrate at Christmas, he's coming into the world to save humanity. He's the rescuer to save his people from their sins. And what that tells us is Jesus is everything that you and I were created to be. The way he thinks, the way he believes, the way he walked on the earth was the way God intends for you and I to live, the way he intends for us to think and have our attitudes. And that's why he came and lived a perfect life. It says in Scripture he never sinned. He was tempted in every way that we are, tempted to get angry, tempted to lust, tempted to take advantage of a situation or talk down to someone. He was tempted in every single way that we are, but never sinned. 
So he lived the life that we should live, but can't. And then he was lifted up. He promised it would happen. And he died a death of punishment that we deserve, went to hell in our place so that we never have to. Hallelujah. And when you get a hold of that, it changes everything. So this wonderful person of Jesus is not for just people in Asia, people in Europe, or people in Western culture or Latin America. He is a person for all of us for all the ages. And while he was on earth, he described himself in some wonderful ways. He called himself living water that we could drink. He called himself the bread of life that we could literally taste. And as we take him in, we we are restored. He called himself the good shepherd. But he also called himself the door, the gate. And in John 10, 9, he says this, Yes, I am the door. And those who come in through me will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from ourselves. Saved from my sin nature, which wants to do the wrong thing even when I know it's not the right thing to do. It's just there in all of us. That, That part of me that gets jealous or wants what I see someone else having, whatever those things are, that is the old nature. And so Jesus says, walk through me, come to me, and begin to trust that I am who I said that I am. Jesus said, I am the Son of God. And when we believe that, what I've just shared with you, that what Scripture tells us, his story, that he came into the world as the Son of God, lived that perfect life, died for us, had his blood poured out on the cross, and at the very last moment lifted up his head before he breathed his last and said, Father, it is finished. He finished the work of restoring all of us. And the mechanics of how that works is that when you and I look at him and say, I believe Jesus, I wasn't there. I'm only going on what others have told me, what I've read. But I believe by faith, faith is believing what you haven't yet fully experienced or seen, but living as though it's already true. Come on. I believe that you're the son of God. And secondly, and here's the mechanics, I believe that what the scripture says, that if I trust you, that you did that, you sacrificed yourself for me personally, that a supernatural invisible transaction takes place. In John 3, Jesus said to a a religious leader, it's going to seem like the wind that's blowing. You, You can't see it. But friends, let me tell you, if you've stepped into what I've just said, maybe you're hearing me right now for the first time, all of a sudden it's just clicking. Boy, I've been praying that for you. All of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I do believe that. You've just got born again. You just experienced it. You said, yeah, but how does that make any difference in the world that we're living in? What, what is, how does it make it any easier to live with 
threats of nuclear war and financial instability, what difference does it make? And in John 16, 33, Jesus said something amazing, and it's real. He said this, here on earth, which is where we are, you will have many trials and sorrows. So you see, faith in what I've just described doesn't change the environment now. But he says, take heart, get encouraged, because I have overcome the world. I've overcome everything. I've overcome opposition. I overcame all of my enemies. I have overcome, on the third day, death itself. Because ultimately, that's the great shadow, the great fear that we all have. And so what he's telling us here is that God's plan is to change the world by changing us. And that's why when we reach that understanding, we're home at last. And then you can start to live wherever you are because there's an inward strength that is now a part of your life. And, and I see it especially in the, in the areas of like daily challenges and disappointments that we all go through. When you've experienced this, you may not feel any different next week. And, but let me tell you, as you allow the Holy Spirit to come and to bring the divine nature, that's what Scripture says, I, there's an exchange. Yeah, you still have the old nature that's going to fight with it, but it doesn't have the same power anymore. It doesn't have the same power. And when you choose to say, Jesus, I want to be like you, I want to think like you, I want to live like you, he will come and empower you to live in a way you've never lived before. And the fear will turn to faith. The challenges, oh, they'll still be there, but you won't react to them the same. You'll learn how to pray in power. <laughs> I've seen people prophesy and pray in power. Just in the last week, I saw a man praying over a friend, and they prophesied in, in ways and said, this is going to happen, and, and the person was blown away because this, this man didn't know anything about the situation, but he prayed as though he knew the whole thing. See, that's supernatural. But the most significant thing that lets us live at home here now is that power over death. At some point, you're going to have to say goodbye to a friend or a family member. I've lost both of my parents in the last five years. And over the years as a pastor, I've done many funerals, both for people that believed in Jesus and those that didn't. And let me tell you something, when you know that that family member, my mom and dad, they saw Jesus on the last day of their life, both of them said, he's here. You can send them home. Yes, you grieve. I miss them, but I have a joy no one can take away. I am going to see them again. They are more alive right now than they've ever been in the years that they were on planet Earth. And I know it, and nothing can shake that. And because that's true, 
I know that's my destiny. It's your destiny. And it makes us unshakable. It makes us unstoppable. And that's what the world needs to see. And we're going to talk about this next week. The only place that the world can see what I'm describing, where God, person to person, one person after the other, is transforming us into these strengthened men and women of faith who can live at home wherever home is, and we're full of joy, we're full of hope, we're full of love for others. The only place the world can see the future, which is where we all live like that, is the church. And so that means that the church has to do what we've done right here, come together, gather around the word of God and say yes and amen and receive that. There's something that's been spoken here that you need to receive into your life this week. You need to move further. You need to move deeper. Maybe you've never really settled the question about Jesus. Do it today because you're home at last. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Hey, can we give the Lord applause of praise? Thank you, Jesus.